Hey everyone, welcome to Collaborative Tech Talks with ScreenBeam. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Technology is a growing force in classrooms around the world, but ensuring that you're using the correct technology and implementing it well is an important conversation to have. And I'm going to have that conversation today with two experts. First is David Lopez. He's the Senior Manager of Strategic Alliances for ScreenBeam Education. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And then joining us as well is Tammy Brecht Dunbar. She's a teacher for the Manteca Unified School District. Tammy, thank you for being here as well. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So David, today we're going to be talking a little bit more about reverse engineering for classroom technology and looking at how uh, administrators and teachers come to decisions regarding technology in the classroom. So talk to me how reverse engineering works when it comes to approaching classroom technology and what exactly that means. Sure. Um, one of the things that we, we've been in, been in the technology business and the educational technology business for several years now, and I've, I've taken, uh, been everywhere from the classroom to the admin level to the global level and working with ministries of education or superintendents and folks like that. Um, and we've seen kind of a journey that folks have taken when it comes to wireless display, when it comes to what they're, how they're using uh, tools in their classroom. Um, and we've been able to kind of take a step back uh, in recent months and really kind of evaluate what happens, uh, what what happens in the classroom when they finally get a maybe what they think is a complete set of of classroom technology, um, and maybe look at how they got there. And one of the things that we then look after that, we see how they got there. We then look after, okay, what what is the ideal? Like if the, maybe they didn't get to exactly what they wanted, but what is the ideal? Like what do they want to be able to have uh, their classroom looks like look like when it comes to a full instructional setup? Uh, maybe the right tools that they've got, um, maybe just even how the classroom uh, looks, where the desks are, what the teach, what kind of freedom the teacher has, and really just kind of give a pipe dream look at it. So when that happens, a lot of schools will go and they'll they'll see um, classrooms that are really open learning spaces, and there's not there's a uh, movable furniture, and there's uh, desks in in different configurations. There's maybe uh, high seating and low seating. Maybe there's monitors, uh, a monitor on the wall that is connected, and the teacher can you know s send their screen to that to that monitor. And it's it's really an ideal setup. And they look at that and they say to themselves, Yeah, this would be how this is how we want to where we want to get to that point. Um, and so we said, well, if we look at those kind of pictures, and if you will, kind of a catalog picture of that, um, you don't see any cables or wires anywhere. <laughs> and, and I would challenge anybody to look at a catalog of, of like an ideal classroom, maybe photographs of people have taken of new construction, and that you don't see any cables or wires anywhere. And so our point with looking at this is, okay, well, if you want to get to that point, you want to have to begin with that end in mind. And that's where this idea of reverse engineering, or I think as Tammy's going to really hit on when the instructional side is, is this idea of a backwards planning. And that's really a, an educational term. I think Tammy could really flesh that out a little more for us. But backwards planning or reverse engineering, okay, if I have that idea in mind, how do I get there? And where do I start? Um, and the point that we talked about is we've discussed with a lot of people is starting with wireless display and getting that in place first and once you get that in place then you can start making other decisions about okay now where do I go but if you don't add that until last then you end up 
doing all this other stuff and maybe you spend all your money and now you want that wireless display and you want that and then all of a sudden you're doing it on the cheap or you can't do it at all and then you've lost all this functionality that you wanted. So that's that's really kind of where that comes from. So yeah, Tammy, as David was mentioning, just the, the, this is something that you have a lot of experience in as we talk about reverse engineering. So kind of talk me through how that works in a classroom. I'm guessing that you have a lot of experience as a teacher of starting off with a goal of wanting to make sure that your students know or understand this concept and then work backwards to then uh, find the right methods and find the right, right ways to get to that end goal. How has that worked in your classrooms and how do you also apply that to technology? Great question. We absolutely have to do that. We have to look at our standards, our state standards, our common core standards, and work towards students having mastery toward that. That's the only way to do it. And the same thing with technology. You need to take a look at what end result do you want in your classroom and how can I use technology uh, to support, actually to support the education of the students? How can I use technology to get them to mastery of state standards and to where they need to be for their future? Yeah, that, that is a great point and something I kind of want to bounce off of because, uh, you know, Tammy mentioned just the, the time that it takes, David, and, and I think that a lot of times teachers are consumed with lesson plans and with grading and things like that. And so the idea of technology and the idea of implementing it can sometimes seem like just an added burden. So talk me through just the priorities of creating solutions for education um, solutions that really allow teachers to connect quickly and allow this ease of use and this uh, expanded functionality that really enables them to do what they do best, which is educate students. And it's not something that is an added burden uh, when it comes to how they have to set it up and how they have to utilize it in the classroom. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, we, when we look at that ideal again, we say, okay, we want to have a wireless display solution because we know that's going to give, all, like Tammy said, the freedom for the teacher to have that you know flexibility in their uh, in their movement of where they put their students, where they put their desk. If they have a teacher's desk, you know, if they if they have a traditional setup, maybe they don't. You know, we've worked with several teachers who just got rid of their desk altogether. You know, so but they have they want to have that freedom. So that starts with that simplicity, like you said. So it starts with wireless display, and then I have a device as a teacher that maybe gives me the best functionality of that wireless display. So maybe. I have a tablet device that has a pen, that has inking, that has a camera on it on both sides um, that enables me to say, okay, now if I connect this device to the screen in the front of the room, if my students are kind of utilizing that as a focal point at first, and I want to give some instruction, I can be walking around with that device. I can have a what I call a walking digital whiteboard, and I can be writing on that. I can hand the device off to a student. Maybe I'm not one-to-one -one yet, but I know that I'm going to have a device so that I'm going to choose one that best fits that environment. So then I can hand my device off to a student. I can take it back. I can write. I continue my instruction. And then I move on from there. Um, like Timmy said is, you know, now I can say, okay, my desks don't have to be in rows. Uh, you know, they don't have to be set up differently. I can choose the furniture differently. I can look at my display differently. You know, now that maybe I I have a projector and that's that's really all I might need. But if I have a big giant touch screen that maybe is an option, you know, I want something that's easy to connect to. I don't want to install other software to make it all work. I don't want to uh, have, uh, you know, it running over the internet. Maybe I, I just want to have a simple connection that's native. And so I want to be able to click a button on my computer, send it to the screen, and then have that flexibility. Um, I don't want to jump through a lot of hoops to make all that work. 
I will tell you when we went one-to-one -one five years ago and had screen beam in our classrooms, it was very valuable for teachers to be able to see another teacher actually using it. They were installed in classrooms and teachers didn't quite understand what that looked like. So to be able to go into another teacher's classroom and see like when they come into my classroom, there are no wires, my so far apart and they're looking around going, you can circulate, you can walk to other, you know, this is amazing. How did you do it? Screen beam. So, you know, modeling is always a great way for teachers to learn. So yeah, that's, that's how we did it in our district. We just showed teachers, this is what it can look like. Mm -hmm. And that gets me excited. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tammy, that goes a long way in answering my next question, but I, I still want to kind of flesh it out in a little bit more detail. Um, you know, I think it's important for teachers to view technology, not just for technology's sake, but to actually have a plan for how to implement it and how it helps achieve the goals of educating their students um, in a proactive way. And so how did you approach that in your classroom? Just ensuring that every piece of technology that you used ended up furthering the goal of edu educating your students rather than just having technology just to have it well the knowledge that they're going to be using technology in their future careers is a lot of what drives me so i like to model as much technology as i can bringing it into the classroom in a natural way that makes sense not something that technology is the star but they're still learning so skype in the classroom allows us to collaborate with classrooms around the world we like to use flipgrid so we can record videos different time zones are a problem sometimes so we'll record videos on flipgrid we can collaborate. So using technology to enhance communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and problem solving, super helpful. Yeah, I, I, if I can jump in real, real quick to that as well. Um, you know, one of the other things that you asked about as well as the idea of, you know, making it simple and, and giving them the right tools at the right time. If you, if you give teachers three different ways to do one thing, they're not going to do any of them <laughs> a lot of times because because they're going to ask you know if I if I have tools that I oh I can do this with this tool and this with this tool and you can also do it with this tool a lot of times teachers just say I don't I don't want to do that I want to be simple I want to be I want to make it easy uh, and so if I'm providing them with a simple solution that when I do professional development I'm not having to teach them software just to get to the front of the room um, with their device. That's another thing you really want to consider when you're setting this up or when you're planning your modern classroom is that what is going to be the easiest way to get to that point? Um, because if you make it hard, number one, it's going to be rejected a lot of times. Um, and if it's if it if you have three or four different ways of doing it, it's going to be rejected. But then if it adds complexity to a solution that they already have, then that's also going to be a problem. And so we look at that as with ScreenBeam, we say, okay, we try not to get in the way of all that other stuff. You can already do a lot of the things that you need to be do with tools you already have. So let's let you focus your professional development on those tools that you have in your device that you have in front of you, rather than tools that are on the wall. You know, I, I want to be able to use those tools. So making it simple, making it, um, you know, kind of seamless is what happens. Because we understand that, the teacher is the expert in the classroom in managing the class and doing those things. Um, we want to give them that freedom to be able to do that as if they weren't using technology because they're already, you know, they're already doing that. There's 20,000 books out there about classroom management and there's classes that teachers take about doing all that stuff, you know, and I've, I've been through as well. And 
they are the experts there. Teachers are the experts. We're just providing them a means to get to that point a little bit differently with technology. David, have you seen any examples of uh, the way that teachers have deployed uh, technology in their classrooms that has impressed you or surprised you or just uh, good examples that you'd like to highlight just um, as um, as maybe just beacons of people utilizing technology in an effective way? You know, well, well, Tammy, I'll, I'll highlight Tammy real quick because, but I know that uh, you know a lot of people know Tammy. So, but you know, she's she's done a great job of of utilizing just all sorts of different tools and technologies at her fingertips, um, and being able to bring in, like she mentioned, Skype in the classroom, being able to bring in educators and classes from all over the world uh, to come into her class and virtually and 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 show uh, different things that they're working on to share to to engage with students differently. Um, and then other tools, like she mentioned earlier, things like uh, like Flipgrid. We were talking earlier about Flipgrid. You know, those kind of things that just get really embraced really quickly, and then the students do that. Um, and so knowing those things, knowing, and I think Tammy, one of the things that, that Tammy and other teachers do is knowing that students are going to teach themselves a lot of this stuff that's already out there they just have to give them a conduit for it and let and guide them in doing it the right way and that's really what the best teachers do is is embrace that but then guide them in the right way of doing it other examples though we've seen you know i've seen teachers use the freedom of wireless display in a matter of moments where they get it all of a sudden they, the concept is instant in their heads and they say okay we had one teacher um, a music teacher that, that used our stuff and was setting it up in his classroom. And he immediately within three days was walking around the room with his device, uh, videoing his music students uh, live and showing a live view to the rest of the class through screen beam and through his device of how they're holding their instruments, recording that, and then going back and grabbing that recording and being able to write on that recording and save it for later for other students to look at. And that was in a matter of, of days of introducing it. And other, other teachers I've seen, you know, they did literally get rid of their desks and said, okay, I don't need my teacher desk anymore. I have my screen beam, I have my, uh, my service device or, or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you know, their whole classroom changed and they recognized that, that students were engaging much differently. Um, and then you see other teachers that get rid of all their furniture and they bring in things like beanbag chairs and Adirondack chairs and, and, uh, and just, you know, completely blow out what is the norm. And they have teachers and administrators walking by the room, taking a peek in there and saying, what is going on? And then they show them and then it's like, I want that too, <laughs> you know? And so, that's the kind of thing that we see, and it doesn't take a lot of time or a lot of effort or a lot of money to get to that point. It's a matter of, again, that freedom that we give and that you want to give teachers using their technology, and then they will take their own path to getting that point. But if they're tethered to the front of the room, if they're stuck using, you know, what's been, you know, what what everybody is always using, um, then that really does hinder. Uh, the the learning relationship uh, with students, I think, too, and how that how that ties together. Because if you're always in the front of the room, your students know that, mm. and they're going to react that way, and they're going to react to that. But if you have that freedom, it does make a big difference. Yeah. You know
Tammy, one of the terms that we've heard uh, quite a bit recently has been uh, digital natives, right? Where uh, more and more students come into a classroom very comfortable already with technology because they're using iPads and, and cell phones and things like that at a younger and younger age. How have you seen maybe a shift in the way that students respond to technology um, as more and more technology comes into the classroom? Are you seeing that they are comfortable with that technology and responding better to it because it's something that they already know very well that they're already very comfortable with? Uh, actually, that's an interesting question because I've noticed that particularly I teach fifth grade and my students are very much into TikTok and Instagram and all that sort of thing. Um, they're comfortable using their smartphones. Um, when we get to like a Flipgrid or, or a Wakelet and they kind of look at you and go, this isn't TikTok, how does this work? <laughs> so there's still some, you know, there's still technology, there's still um, education necessary. Uh, we still need to lend the instruction to use it. So yes, they're comfortable, but they still don't know how to use it. And it's, I've taught my 87 year old how to use the Facebook, so, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing when you get to Flipgrid and they say, how do I do a Flipgrid? Okay, well, let's run you through the steps. Uh, but to piggyback on something Dave said, I really find that when I'm untethered, it does two things. It saves me time, which teachers all need the gift of time. If I have a, a competent, if I have a reliable source that I can just, boom, I'm connected, then that gives me more time to prep for my lessons and secondarily, which David alluded to, is that it allows us to circulate around a classroom, which helps us with management. And if I can be free to walk around my classroom and maybe stand right next to my little darling who's trying to disrupt and continue the lesson and perhaps give him, would you solve the problem? Not only does it save me time, but I'm also giving a little direct instruction to him and, and it's, so that, the thing that I think a lot of teachers don't think of is when you're untethered, it saves you time and it allows you to do more of the things that you want to do and need to do to support your students' learning. David, did you want to add something on to uh, what Tammy said? No, 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 I'm good. Sorry, I was agreeing. Sorry. <laughs> Well, David and Tammy, this has been a really fun conversation, just getting to chat about um, the way that technology can work in a classroom and, and the benefits of it and how reverse engineering really helps work towards those goals. When you start off in the right place and start off with the right goals, you're able to utilize technology to help you achieve those goals. And so David Lopez uh, from Screenbeam Education, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you. Uh, one last thing that uh, I think is important to mention and i think you 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 hit the nail on the head when you talk about that freedom but it, it's not only a freedom for the teacher but i think for administrators that are making the decisions about these things once they get to that point where they they realize that they've achieved uh 90 of the functionality of the ideal modern classroom by giving the teachers a really good teaching device and a screen beam or a, we prefer a screen beam obviously, but you know, a wireless display solution. Um, once they realize that, then the money that is is engaged in each classroom, the money they spend per classroom, all of a sudden the dollars start to open up because they've they've really focused on a, a set of tools that, that they know the teacher is mm -hmm. gonna have that freedom. And then the things like, like I said earlier, the display decision makes a big difference on how they, what kind of display they might use, other technologies that might all of a sudden be available because they didn't spend as much money 
um, uh, up front uh, and they just provide the teacher with a solid solution for what they want to do. And then other things can start to, you know, add on from there. And that's really on the administrative side and, and the, the, uh, the CIO discussions and those things, because things like cabling, all of a sudden you're doing, you're not spending as much money on that on new construction anymore. And so it really starts to add up and all of a sudden the budget for what you thought was, you know, a brand new school and what you had to spend in a classroom, all of a sudden that changes significantly if you start with a wireless display solution that's really solid. And all of a sudden your budget is way different because now cabling is not necessary anymore and uh, network things are different now and display things are different now and it just really adds up. And that's why we, we talk about it that way because it's important for districts to at least know that they have that option um, and know that, hey, even if it's not the decision that you make, you should at least look at it and decide, hey, this is what, you know, this is what our, our possibilities are. Um, so that's what we want to encourage people to think about too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point and a great word um, just to uh, just to help summarize the benefits of yeah. it. And so, yeah, I think I think that's a great point, David. So thank you so much for making it. And uh, thank you so much yeah. for joining me today. All right. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. And and Tammy, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Collaborative Tech Talks with ScreenBeam. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about your insights from the classroom and your experience working with uh, students and technology. So, Tammy, thank you again for joining us today. Very happy to be here. I love sharing the importance of how being untethered enhances education. Mm -hmm.